0: Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Brighton Rock Podcast, the podcast about the beautiful club within the beautiful game. And with me it's my usual co-host, Peter Marsh, who's got his hands in his head in his and hands. You already. don't call
2: me beautiful, you just call the, the, the <laughs> game and the theme
0: beautiful. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I take offense to that, you know. I don't know <laughs> what you've got your head in your hands for. There's nothing wrong with that. That was a great intro. It's, it's gonna be the regular one now, you know. You've got to have a tagline intro. That's that's the way forward. Look at other podcasts. Or listen it anyway. for it. Have <laughs> uh, you got any, any um, suggestions of your own? P- do feel free to chuck in actually, because uh, um, you know it's it's up for grabs still. It's up for grabs. Um, but um, anyway, joining Peter and I is the magnificent Richard Holberton. How are
1: you? I'm very well, Russell. I don't think I've ever been described that way before. So thank you for <laughs> for the intro.
0: Um, <laughs> Yeah, apart Probably from else,
1: I'm I'm a lot drier and warmer than I was on Saturday evening, so uh, <laughs> that's that's a step in the right direction. Good to see you.
0: Yeah, I've just I've just been looking looking back at the game. It it looks awful, awesome, just now <laughs> on, the, on the
1: TV?
2: Yeah, one my, my, well, of my mates was watching, and I was texting him before the game, and he was like, "Yeah, Sky are having a whole like discussion about the weather and kind of like both, yeah. like zooming in on it."
0: Yeah, well, we talked like, about
2: the worst I've been in at the Amex, to be honest.
0: It's pretty bad. I think there's been one or two very similar games to that from my recollection. I can't remember who exactly, but but I mean we're talking off there, Peter. You're in row T of the east stands, and you were you were getting wet there. Which yeah, is properly wet. But I've there. never
2: I've never had it rain so much that it's kind of that you know normally you can get a few yeah you know, a few bits of rain coming in and that sort of thing on your spot, but it was like properly raining on. Yeah, on on us and row T, and it was yeah, yeah. It just got a nice afternoon. Richard,
0: you don't have you don't have a season ticket but you did get a ticket for the game, and you were in the East as well, and you got soaked. I wasn't. I
1: I, I, I I was soaked already actually, because I've been wandering around an open day at Sussex University for the previous several hours, so I was <laughs> I was already drenched before I got to the ground. But yeah, I was three or four rows in front of Peter, unbeknownst to me, and uh, yeah. I thought I thought row P was fairly safe from the elements, but. Um, when I got to the uh, the top of the gangway and the steward looked at me and said, "You're going to you're going to get really wet," <laughs> uh, and he was right. <laughs> I did get really wet.
0: Oh dear! Proper 15 afternoon. All football grounds in England should really be um, with well, retractable roofs, shouldn't they? If are being yeah, you're realistic. You gonna pay for that?
2: Let's add that right? to, 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 to our ground
0: no no i'm not no no <laughs> um but I, I did have foresight um and this wasn't really what i was thinking of particularly but i mean, the west upper we are very much up in the gods completely nice and dry up there not that i wasn't already soaked anyway of course getting into the grounds, so it didn't really make too much difference but um it is great there unless you get a leaky roof which we shouldn't have for many years to come um seeing as it's a fairly new ground um yeah the west upper is nice and snug up there it's pretty good well, I'm um, very happy
1: for you. But at least it gives you a nice strap line for the podcast. You could call it, you know, <laughs> the, the the deadlock in the deluge or the stalemate in the storm or something corny like that, if you felt like And it. we should be but, glad
2: because according to one or two comments I've seen from Arsenal fans online, it, you know, the, the conditions suited us, apparently. You know, I've seen a few comments. Uh, <laughs> I, think, I think they must have assumed that, that Brighton players were playing in the dry, you know, in the sunshine and Arsenal were playing in a pouring down rain or something because... Mm, don't think I've, I've they, saw they, one particular one to on wind up comparing us to Burnley, which I thought was quite funny.
0: Yeah, well, I was just going to say, is that what they were getting at? Because if they are, then they know even less about football than some of them proved uh, the case uh, from the stuff I read on Twitter. I, which uh, I actually
2: chatted to a few Arsenal fans on the way back, and they were very knowledgeable, and both with hmm. you on the train back to London, but also on the train back from Falmer to uh, yeah. to Brighton. And I spoke to a guy who writes an Arsenal fanzine, and they were all quite quite complimentary, and. Saying that you know yeah. they were probably, probably very happy with a draw overall. So I mean, I, there are decent Arsenal fans, but yeah, certainly the ones on online tend to be, or Arsenal fans TV or whatever, tend to be a bit yeah. um, reactionary, over the top, and not happy to draw a little old Brighton.
0: Yeah, I mean, I've got friend, friends, friends of, of mine, friends of ours who you know, they're decent guys, reasonable, reasonable people. They know not enough about football. They know their football. And um, it's not really for them. But there's a lot of people in social media for various clubs. And the bigger the club, the bigger the problem, really. Or if you're Leeds in general, um, who just have a, a disproportionate number. of Well, no, it's actually a, probably a proportionate number of, um, of idiots <laughs> yeah, <I don't laughs>
2: who know it's, nothing it's, about it's the game. Stop slagging off Leeds, you know. I think it's not fair to them to keep slagging them off.
0: Yeah, we might have a secret couple of Leeds listeners on here who just yeah. are addicted to podcasts. They listen to all of the podcasts. You know, one from every team or something, just to get the to glean the opinions, yeah. and we might be the one that they listen to. And they're but they're probably crushed now, you know, with the, the relentless hatred.
2: <laughs> yeah, or just very angry. I, they're waiting for us in Leeds when we go to the next week.
1: <laughs> I, th- I, th- I do think that the suggestion that the conditions suited Brighton does rather ignore the fact that it rains in London as well. Quite
2: heavily sometimes, so yeah. So I, mean, I,
1: I, do, think we, I think we can dismiss that as an explanation. I, I do
2: think there is a case that Arsenal didn't really fancy it, especially in the first half. They didn't. I, you know, we got yeah, that after is the true. first ten minutes. I we know. got stuck in, and but that's not a reason it should it should suit us. It's just we we were we adapted to the conditions and we played well and played our stuff after the first ten minutes, and they didn't. And we we were first to most loose balls, and we were kind of the ones who were getting our tackles in. You know. And um, I don't think Arsenal, they probably aren't suited to these sort of conditions because they're a bunch of wimps, basically.
0: <laughs> Most yeah, time. I mean, do you, do you think, Richard, do you, you <clears> notice <know throat> this? It's a very good point, isn't it? Because um, it d- certainly did look like we were more up for it than Arsenal. Is this not representative of the overall feeling um, permeating the two squads? So we, we've got more of a sustained enthusiasm slash confidence the way we started the season, the way we seem to be interacting with each other and you know that the team play and all the, all of the positive vibes seem to be there for us. Arsenal, yes, they've obviously had a fantastic win against Tottenham, which made um, made this actually uh, probably look like a good result, really, for us. But I don't, I am not sure it really was. But um, you know, they haven't had a great start to the season. I am still not completely convinced by them. Um, brilliant but, first half last week, yes, absolutely, but um, uh, yeah, they didn't seem up for it. That's that's got to be disappointing for Arsenal fans and for themselves, isn't it?
1: Yeah, I would, I, I would have thought so. I and mean, I can't, I, I can't speak, can't speak for them. But I think that, um, I think that you know, as far as Brighton are concerned, there definitely seems to be, and this has kind of come through in other other results so far this season. There definitely seems to be more, you know, unity, collective faith in what Potter's trying to do, um, and you know, comfort in people's own ability and their own teammates. And I think, you know, a couple of previous games we've got winners late on. Um, Obviously, got an equaliser very late on against Palace. I mean, all of those things I think speak to that sense of common purpose and belief. You know, it's kind of hard to it's hard to gauge and, and measure from looking in at the out- from the outside. But I get a sense that there is a sort of that the whole is greater than the sum of the parts. Whoever is on the pitch at the yeah. time, which is great, I think, because that's a, right. that is a very, you know, although although there were a lot of very good individual performances, I think the the, the collective sense is a is a. You know,
0: is a very strong one. Um, yeah, I, I mean, these game. late goals, these late goals we're scoring is is very um, symptomatic of um, a greater level of fitness as well, which I think was another reason you could say that we look more up for it in this game. Um, we're just, you know, if you feel physically fit, you're going to feel more up for it. Um, you know, we're getting I'm a lot of late agree, goals, yeah. and that does tend to relate, doesn't it? Quite often to that that level of fitness. Yeah, and I think there's a belief that
1: you know, however the game has gone, or you know, chances that have come and gone, or you know even goals that have been conceded, that we keep going right until the, to, to the very final whistles. something good may well happen. And I, I think that's more evident so far this season than, than it has been mm-hmm. before, which is, which yeah. is great, and I think that's a, that's a you know testament to the coaching team.
0: It's a, belief a as belief and confidence, isn't it, as well? I mean, more pay, you could say it in a nutshell, the Palace game, because it's the it's collective belief as a team and more pay with his individual confidence levels coming back together. Um, those two things manifested themselves quite deliciously at the same time in the 95th minute on Monday. And um, what we, what we did lack in this game, of course, was a goal. We, there was one change each, by the way, in this, in this game, but Congo came on, coming on for Xhaka, who, who got injured in the North London derby. I think, it, well, I think it was in the game yeah. and, um, of course, we had Welbeck got injured at Palace. So, our one change was Modder coming in to midfield, which is a very welcome and I think a popular decision. He was owed, I think, a start. I think he's very deserving of it. Um, he made a difference when he came on um, as a second, sort of a substitute for a substitute at Selhurst. And here he was. And I think he, he played a big part in the game. He seemed to be involved a lot, didn't he, Peter, in this match. Um, his name, his face just seemed to, kept, to keep popping up on uh, on the screen and on the commentary.
2: Yeah, I mean, I was surprised he was taken off, to be honest. I wouldn't have taken him off at that point. It seemed like we were a yeah. little bit more open and I would have probably taken one of Roche or Alana off when yeah. bringing on one of our more attacking players, possibly. But, I mean, in the end, we, we finished quite strongly. I do think, it's funny, because there was a lot of, obviously, of logical comparison to last season when, and understandably, when you were, like, at 21 shots on... On, on on goal and only two on target, and ne- not really testing Ramsdale with either of them. Um, but yeah. what I actually felt after the game was we'd have probably lost that last year. I think we'd have made a slip up at the back later on. We didn't have maybe that fitness later on that you guys were talking about. Yeah. And maybe we would have lost it later on, especially with the injuries we had. I mean, if you look, I mean, this is the thing Arsenal, I think, had Jack Rail, but I'm not sure much else. I don't think pretty much all their, their their team were pretty much fit. Whereas obviously, I mean, Lamptey was on the bench, obviously, but. Isn't able to start really, or certainly hasn't started in the league since December last last year. And the other three, but Webster, Welbeck, and Basuma, all all four of those would have started in a first choice team, I think. And we were without all four of them. They were without Chaka and not much else, I don't think. So the fact that we, we were disappointed, I think, to draw with Arsenal without four of our best mm. players. So it shows how far we've come and arguably how far Arsenal have dropped as well. But um certainly shows how far we've come because I think early on, even with a full-strength team, first few seasons, we'd have been very happy with a draw against Arsenal, even if we'd had more chances yeah. than them. So, I mean, I'm not too disappointed because I think we got a decent result and I would have taken a draw when I saw the teams. I mean, there was no Welbeck and no Bissuma and sort of thing. But, yeah, it, you can't help but be a little disappointed when you have 21 shots. That, that doesn't mean I think we were unlucky because I think we weren't. We, we didn't hit the target with most of our shots, but... I can't
1: help be a little bit point that we didn't get the goal. Yeah, I would agree. I'd agree with that. I mean, I think I think the point about the fact that we had a we had a depleted team and injuries to you know four significant players is is a good one, and yet still had the better of a game against Arsenal and possibly could or should have won it. I didn't. I have to say, I didn't come away with that kind of feeling of angst and frustration that sometimes happens when you have the better of a game but don't win it. I actually thought. Hmm. um yeah, yeah, there is a tinge of disappointment when it's a goalless draw and you think possibly we could have won it. But, it, you know, it, I, I think on balance, there were a lot of good performances around around the team. You, you can go around player by player and I think everybody played well. Um, so I think, yeah, everybody acquitted themselves well. And overall, you'd say that was at, at least a good point. I didn't feel like it was one that got away in the same no. way as you know we can all think of examples of games from previous seasons where you, that you would put in that in yeah. that bracket but I wouldn't I wouldn't put that one in that category yeah
2: for the 21 you, you shots that we had you wouldn't say we missed what m- many sitters really I mean Burns header I think probably was the mm. best one possibly best chance we had and Duffy had a decent chance later on and maybe Modder should have done better when he had the curly he won and finished the area which actually in the end went quite a lot further wide than I thought it did from East, but Maybe should have done better there. But we didn't really have what you call many guilt-edged chances. It wasn't like we missed sitters or anything like that, like we did in some games last year. We didn't miss a penalty. We didn't you know, hit the ball over from six yards out or anything like that. Hmm. So I, I agree with you. I think overall, and I think the more the game went on at the times, the more Arsenal looked dangerous on the break. Although it was on the break. I mean, they, they didn't really have that much of a concerted effort going forward. But it, they did look dangerous, especially when Lacazette came on, who I thought gave him a real focal point as compared to Aubameyang, yeah. who looked... Very ordinary, um, and they looked yeah. more likely then, and obviously they did test Sanchez more than we actually tested Ramsdale
0: yeah what what, what I was looking at as well with the with the game is I was watching it back and remembering you know there's a lot of chances were were taken from outside the box, or shots were taken, I should say, not chances so much um, and they were kind of ambitious weren 't they there was um, i think there was three or four that we had there's one or two that Arsenal had party did one, I think somebody else did one for them. Free us, of the three kick was the best
2: one for them, wasn't it? Ended up about, about more than Road's Head of the north, yeah. isn't
0: it? <laughs> and that was party, was wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. And we had what well, we had, um, I think it was Trossard. We had, um, I can't remember who else. There's two or three people had shots. It might have been two, actually, for Trossard, which were nowhere near really yeah. going in. Modder tried to curl one, but it was way, way wide when he tried that. Um, and obviously, you've got Dan Burns' header, which I think just again highlights his, his uh, paucity in aerial prowess. Uh, in the box in, in an attacking sense, um, really he, he, he almost he can heart sinks when you see who's going up to head it really and he, he really is terrible in attacking headers, but you know we didn't have a shot on target for a large part of that game, and then you know ultimately a lot of a lot of good play It was very much like last season in that there wasn't any clear cut chances. It felt like we dominated it felt like we should have had more goals, but actually, when you analyze the game. There's no individual chances. They weren't that great. Dunk's chance, which everyone said, "Oh, he should have scored that." Well, not necessarily. It was um he was having to stretch for it a little bit, and there's a player closing in from the uh, the open side of the ball, so to speak. So that wasn't actually as easy as it looked either, and um, and could even have been possibly pulled back for a free kick because. Duffy did make contact it was, with the
2: goalie. Back for a
0: free kick, was it it, oh, it was. OK, yeah. Well, that yeah. makes sense. But I, do so wonder you know, whether,
2: I think there was a potential of offside or something like that from the burn one initially when the ball went in and then it was clear to dunk or a foul or something like that. So I wondered if that might have burned a score, whether they might have reviewed
0: it. Oh, was, Har- was he Harvey Barnes again? Was he Peter?
2: <laughs> I can't remember whether it was offside or whether it was a foul, but I do remember when I, at the time and then when I saw the replay whether wondering whether they might have looked at that again if it had gone in. Obviously, they didn't bother when it went over the bar anyway. Um, but, yeah, I don't know whether it would have done or not. But I do, yeah, I, I think, I think I understand why we were taking quite a lot of shots shots from right into the on that night. It was so horrible But actually pot shots on goal were worth it, I think, probably. It was mm. worth giving it a go.
0: <coughs> Only if you keep I, them down, though. <laughs>
2: yeah, well, yeah, obviously that's the kind of, but my, my, my disappointment, given our height advantage, was what we made of set pieces. We didn't really mm. have a good chance, except for that Duffy one late on and the... And in. Yeah. I think, put in, put in one good corner. Other than that, I thought Cross's delivery on the whole was pretty poor considering his normal level. And Arsenal actually yeah. managed to deal with our threat from that piece pretty well, considering we had quite a big height advantage, I thought, overall.
0: Mm. Uh, Richard, I, mean, I, I thought I agree with those points Peter just made. Pascal Gross, a lot, we had loads of corners. I think we had um, five or six in the first half to to none for Arsenal. Um, I think it was very late in the game when they got their first one. Um didn't really do a great deal with them, did we? Um, they seemed to be slightly overcooked a lot of the time. Yeah, um, no, there we, was, didn't, there was... we didn't lose possession from them, but we didn't do anything with it. And, then it. and then the attack petered out thereafter.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, we did. We had a lot of corners in the first half in particular, but maybe the delivery wasn't, you know, precise enough to, to, to really mount hmm. a threat from them. And I know that um, there was at least one in, in the second, or maybe it was the first, that Cucurella took and took an in-swinging corner just to, I think, to, you know, Try something a bit different, which also came to nothing. But at least there was some, you know, different thinking going on. Um, hmm. And he was great, by the way. The First time I've seen him play, I thought he was absolutely terrific. Um, Sensational player, isn't he? It's just yeah, just yeah, great, yeah.
0: so dynamic, isn't he? And and so involved in everything. He wants. You can see how much he wants to do whatever it is to take player on to to find the right <laughs> ball. Yeah you know, he's looking so disappointed if so, does, someone doesn't make the most of the ball he's put in or if it hasn't quite come off. He's full of enthusiasm yeah. and passion isn't he for the game. Yeah as well. he's
1: got he's got yeah he's got you know great energy very quick skillful passes the ball well He yeah. so, I mean, of you know, had that shot from a yeah. pretty unpromising angle in the second half but you know deliberately had it bounce in front of yeah. Ramsdale he and he could only push it out which nearly came to something.
0: And um, he does the chasing back doesn't he and well, well he takes the ball that- on and dribbles with it.
1: That's exactly what I was about to say. I mean, the, you know, the only area of the game that gave me a bit of cause for concern, and it it did it stopped after the first fifteen minutes was when you know Saka was one on one against Burn a couple of times, which is yeah. not re- not really a match up you want to see very often because uh, it's it's a bit of a because they didn't hit the post, even post even now that, you know, those, didn't they? Yeah,
2: which would have been I mean, one of it, the most fluky goals ever, I think. It was- yeah, it
1: would. Yeah, it would. But even there, you know, I think you know we made adjustments. Cucurella's quick enough to get back and provide cover, or someone else was able to provide cover. So I think, you know, we worked that out pretty, pretty quickly after the first 15 minutes or so, um, mm. which, was, which, which was good to see. But I thought, yeah, Cookerella was great. I thought Trossard was really, really good as well. Yeah. And, mm. and Moda, you guys have already mentioned, I thought I had a really good game as well. But, yeah. Big influence on the game. So. Um, yeah. I thought for
2: all the, and you're right about the worry about Burn against Saka, I thought Burn had a really good game as well. He kept getting his foot in when Arsenal, looked like promising breaks and got stuck in, mm. and I, I, obviously ignoring the fact that he probably had the best chance that we had all game and missed it quite quite by quite, quite a distance. You know, I thought yeah, felt, he played really well.
0: It, it felt like he had a lot of good, sort of sliding block clearances yeah. or whatever you want to call those. And also a couple of times in, in fairly advanced positions, it looked like there was going to be a possibility of a dangerous counterattack or the early stages of one. Yeah. And he, his long legs, literally, quite physically, made the difference. And he was able yeah. to stretch and squeeze a space that was going to be available to start that move and just hold things up maybe long enough for another player to come and close in and yeah. help out. He was doing a few things like that, wasn't he? It was, um, I thought he had a good game overall. He did get done, didn't he, once down the inside attacking right channel. Um, I think that was against Saka or I can't remember now um mm. where he got done and um in fact that was the post hitting it's in the incident, think, well, he did get
2: it back and get the block in for that to be fair yes that's right um, he did and it? then it yeah. bounced off him and off and yeah yeah i mean i've got i've got to say if you're out. if
0: you're up against salah i'm going to be worried <laughs> <laughs> especially yeah. seeing what he did on sunday yeah uh, he was yeah but we've got devastated. a better
2: defense than part so
0: <laughs> well yes yes um, yeah, so overall, I mean, yeah, I agree. I think individual performances were great. There was nobody really who stank the place out, was there? I think they were all pretty good. No, um, the other one I, yeah. I
2: mentioned is Duffy, who, again, yeah. I thought was yeah. really good. And he arguably had the key in, in, very defensive like, involvement because he pushed Smith's Rowe out, out wide when um, the bet for what was the best chance of the match and stopped him passing to Sakura, I think was that, with him, mm. and made him forced him wide to the, for the shots <laughs> so Sanchez could push it away from the near post. So... I thought he was, you know, considering he obviously couldn't keep up with Smith-Rowe for, the, for pace, he did really well to push him out wide and stop yeah, him. Yeah, he did.
1: He made, he made that situation as difficult as he could for Smith-Rowe. Yeah. He did a very good job with that. And he also made that, I think he was called offside anyway, eventually, but he also made that recovery Hopefully, tackle yeah. on Aubameyang, which was called offside. But he yeah. didn't know that at the time, and that was a, that was a tremendous bit of defending. It's a good well, story, actually, you know, the, <laughs> the second coming of Shane Duffy. I, you know, I, I've said before, I didn't, I didn't <laughs> see that one happening, but, you know, he's been terrific. And he was yeah. good. he was good again on Saturday, very good.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, one one slightly awkward moment was um, something I only heard about afterwards. Um, I think uh, yesterday, I think it was. Um, there was an incident where I think Gabrielle lost a couple of teeth during one of the challenges, which I'm assuming is when Sanchez and Duncan him went in for the ball together. And uh, and I think it was mainly Duncan who was looking knocked out for a fair while. Um, uh, yeah, apparently a couple of teeth went out. So, not, not so great for him. yeah. That's one of the um, pitfalls of the game, I suppose, isn't it? Yeah.
1: It's a shame that didn't emerge earlier. That would have been a headline writer's dream, wouldn't it? Something about toothless Arsenal or something. You, know, that... <laughs> you could make something of that.
0: Yes, yeah, indeed. Yep, yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, what uh, Graham Potter made of the game afterwards, speaking to Sky, was that he said, we tried everything. I think the fans were really happy and proud of their team because of the performance, which was fantastic. In the first half, especially, we were really, really good and played with real courage, intensity and quality, especially when you consider the quality of the opponent. Of course, as coaches, we want to win, but in terms of performance, it was as good as I can remember. And he went on to say later on in terms of our points total, it's a foundation, 14 points from seven games is good for us, but we have to keep moving. This performance gives us a lot of hope and belief going forwards. Um, It really does, doesn't it? I mean, we want to point the game... To survive we're on two points per game at the moment, which is bloody great, um, we are you know um, way way on the way. Um, we could be safe <laughs> yeah, could be safe by the new year at this rate <laughs> um, you are you guys actually finding you are starting to look at other results of teams around us at this early stage? I mean obviously we had the palace weekend we did because there was a particular connotation there. Are you getting sort of like quite happy that Leicester have dropped points at Palace actually after all? even though it's Palace and the West Ham lost and this sort of thing.
1: I, I honestly think that, um, and I hope this doesn't come back to bite me, but I think that, you know, the, the top three places in the league will be Liverpool, Man City and Chelsea in in whatever order.
0: Yeah. Agreed.
1: And yeah. prob- probably Man U will be fourth, but I'm not as confident about that. Mm. But after that, <laughs> I honestly think, you know, and this is blue and white, partly blue and white tinted spectacles, but I think, that, you know, the ne- the next... The rest of the top half places are pretty much up for grabs for a lot of teams. Mm. Um, Leicester, I think, I mean, I saw the second half of their game against Palace and they were defensively pretty awful yeah. um, in yeah. the goals they conceded. Um, yeah, it's an opportunity
0: for somebody. And I don't see why Brighton shouldn't be in that mix, to be honest. Yeah, um, I mean, West Ham has nobody... started well, but they've, they've sort of dropped off a little bit, haven't they? Leicester, as you said, they're not 100% as much as they've been in the past. Brentford have had a good start. You'd imagine they might drop away a little bit as time goes on. Um, the other team, Everton's the other one. I mean, Everton, yeah, they've, they, he's done all right so far with them, Benitez. But, you know, he's on a, a sticky wicket there from the beginning, isn't he? Because they, by default, they don't like him because of his uh, commenta- uh, because of his associations with Liverpool. If anything goes slightly wrong there, you could see that unravelling, at least to the point where they won't necessarily finish in the top six, seven, eight places. Um and Tottenham are trying really well to strike.
1: <laughs> well, I, I also think, you know, talking about Arsenal's who just played them, I think it's anybody's guess where Arsenal and Tottenham might finish, to be honest. I mean, they, yeah. you know, they, they normally get mentioned as, like, well, they're going to be in places five and six. I'm honestly not sure that'll happen.
0: Yeah, I mean, so, they're 11th so in, with, they're, so with inconsistent. they're 11th with Wolves and Leicester just behind them. You know, there's, there's no reason. Uh, and looking above them, Villa, West Ham, Spurs, Brentford, I think okay. those teams have certainly played at least as well, if not better, so far. So, yeah, yeah who knows? But Arsenal are capable of turning it around. If you, if you look at the players they've got, Lacazette and Aubameyang, players like that. They, those guys should be firing far more than they are. They're clearly off form at the moment. They're in a rut. And, and you've, they've got a couple of good players like Saka and Smith-Rowe who are performing. But you need more than that for a team to do better mm-hmm. than halfway in the league.
2: I also think we'd probably, we probably might be getting ahead of ourselves a little bit. I think because it will be of interesting course to see we are. Where That's where what are, uh, this. <laughs> Where we are at the end of the month, I think, because we'll obviously we'll play we Norwich, which who are bottom, but then also play Liverpool and City, and it'll be interesting yeah. to see what sort of game we give those two. And you know, they're the first two teams of the of what I would say the big four that we, we play. And then after that, we'll have played ten games, and we'll have played City and Liverpool and Arsenal, and also then Everton and Leicester, who I think you know historically recently have done better, have been top half. And we'll have played like the three promoted teams, although Brentford obviously don't look like that at the moment. And then Palace and come on, I missing? Someone else. Um, and yeah, we'll have and, and at that point we are be reasonably even in what we'll have played. Yeah. Um and, and we can start thinking maybe where we are is relatively reflective yeah. of where we might be. Old Burnley's the other one we'll have played. So it's but at the moment I think we're our position does flatter us, there's no question about it. I would, at the moment, if you offer me a win against Newcastle and Norwich and defeats Liverpool and Man City, I would be very, very happy with that.
0: Well, I think that's what's yeah. going to happen. I think we're three points from our next three, and I don't expect us to stay unbeaten, if that makes sense. Um, and Norwich, of course, there's no guarantees, of course not, but um, no. but at least I'm Peter, very they haven't won yet. Well, one of your fears is done at least, at least they've got their first point, got their so. first point
2: yeah, but we could yeah. still be their first win,
0: yeah, I know, mm. yeah. No, I, I honestly think this game will suit us. I, I think possibly this is the time you might see Lamptey make an appearance maybe from the bench. Um, but in general, it partly depends if the is back. But in general, I think we've got enough to beat Norwich. Um, I think they play; they don't play particularly defensive style, do they? So I think no. we can get at them. And I think it'll, their type of football, coupled with the fact they've had a bad start, they're not a particularly good team in general, um, will suit us but we still going to get yeah,
2: the mean, job done. I wonder if we might even start Lamptey at Norwich and give him a go on a basis at Liverpool or Man City. He probably won't start him because their games mm. will probably win or lose anyway. So maybe he'll, yeah. he might even start at Norwich and then give him if he's 60 okay, Play at Leicester and then, you know, and then play against Newcastle if he's fit enough to play three games in a month. And then he's an option off the bench if we're needing a late goal to equalise like that against Liverpool or City. But I don't see him starting the two games where we're unlikely to get anything from. But maybe in the games hmm. where we should win, he might be given a go at the start. Norwich, you'd have thought was the obvious one, to be open. because They're not particularly physical and they will leave quite big gaps at the back because they're quite open, I think, in their play. So it would be ideal for lampty really. Hmm. The idea of Cucurella, Cucurella and, uh, and lampty running down the wings at Norwich <laughs> defenders is quite yeah, quite <laughs> enticing, really, isn't it? That is, a,
1: that is a very exciting prospect. and I think are yeah, L- a Norwich fan. fan. Unless you're a Norwich fan, I don't know what the injury prognosis is for, for everybody else. But you know, Welbeck and The international break definitely helps. helps.
2: The okay. and should be back apparently. Alzate sounds like he's going to be out for ten to twelve weeks. I think it'll be a while. Then um, might be back for Norwich hopefully. And Welbeck, they didn't really seem very clear about what's going on.
0: Is Trossard? Do you reckon Trossard okay? He took a couple of knocks in the game, didn't he? Very it's early been okay on. During the game. And then another one, didn't he? Be I mean, he sprung back into life shortly after the second little bit of hobbling he was doing. I don't know; these may have just been surface knocks, uh, just fine and whatever. And, and we've got the break, obviously, for that as well. Um, yeah, well, he'll be playing
2: for Belgium
0: presumably, or he'll be with Belgium at least, anyway. That's true. Mm, yeah, that's true. But we'll see. We'll see. A couple of other bits I... from the. Um, from the go- Sorry, no. Go, go to you next, Richard. Actually, yeah.
1: no. I was just going to say, I mean, I mentioned Trossard already, but I thought he was he was he was terrific on on Saturday, and I like him in that kind of central more roving kind of position and he picks up yes. good positions in space kind of you know just behind behind yeah. um Mope typically but he's you know he's when he's on form like he was he's and i think it's a smart player positionally and his some of his his little flicks and touches and control under pressure um mm. keep, keep the momentum of the attack was was great i
0: think that's yeah. his best that's his best role i think Absolutely. Yeah, we had um, one one thing we had with the Palace um, podcast we did, the first of those, which was to include the Match Day special. We had Alan making his debut. Unfortunately, the the audio wasn't great in the pub where we recorded it. So apologies to Alan and to anyone struggling to hear him on that. Some really interesting thoughts. We'll probably try and get him on again to to, to kind of clarify those thoughts. Um, But uh, yeah, it was rather loud in the pub. Um, and somebody, one of my friends a certain person who sh- shall remain nameless <coughs> Courtney, um, was talking very loudly so um, <laughs> it didn't help but he, he's actually put some stuff on WhatsApp um, regarding this game which I thought was quite a, some really good pertinent points, he, he said, Burn seems to do a job for Potter but he is vulnerable when isolated and in a foot race he nearly got caught out a few times and there were some heart in mouth moments I think sooner or later he will be phased out of the reckoning and Roberts, who's also left footed, getting the nod when needed. Once Webster is back, I think we might see a back three of Duffy or Veltman, Dunk and Webster. Depending on the opposition, we might see either Lamptey or Veltman as right wing-back. moderate in midfield, alongside Lalana and Grosch, was an improvement from the Palace game, and it will be interesting to see um, oops, I've lost my space for a minute, to see if he puts Modder and Lalana just in front of Biss when he is back. He says, I love Gross, but his corners set play delivery were poor on Saturday, so I would rather give Modder a run. It was a bit of a throwback to last season, dominating possession, getting into good positions, and then falling short with the final ball. I think Trossard is getting better and better and was popping up all across the final third, so it ties in what you just said, Richard, and and the, the popping up everywhere certainly does as well, the roving role. Uh, he said McAllister looked good and also Solly looked very composed and dynamic when he came on, apart from that weak shot, which, I, uh, by the way, McAllister was furious. It wasn't square to him, that one, wasn't he? Um, and it really should have been. Uh, well, it was actually one of why. our shots
2: on target, ironically.
0: Yeah, that's it. But um, no, that's, that's, I think good point. We haven't mentioned those guys either, um, Ali Mack and Solly. Um, Alan also said... It was very impressive how we pressed and cut out most of what Arsenal wanted to do. I've mentioned before that I think one of the positives from the transfer window was that Potter has trimmed down the squad and shown a pathway for all the players that will get some game time and and contribute. It must have been difficult for GP to keep a lot of fringe players motivated in training when they could not see any opportunity to play. Imagine the big squads at City, Chelsea, etc., Difference is they played extra games deep into European fixtures, plus non-players are being paid very high salaries that compensates for the lack of game time. We do not have this luxury at present. What I can see is the, the club are building a squad of players who fit a particular technical and personality profile, adaptable, and can play to a system that will not compromise on this, hence why they have not rushed into buying any striker on offer. The squad quality is ratcheting up all the time with GP improving the players we already have, he has the knack of juggling his formations and putting players into all kinds of positions. Let's see if anything is being worked on for the January transfer window. Not liked by Tony Bloom, he puts in brackets. We have made the second international break still in the top six, and it is still in our own hands to win the league. <laughs> Which I think is a brilliant post, actually. It's, a, it's quite a lengthy one, but I think it was worth uh, persevering with. Because I think he's hit all of the nails on the head there, hasn't he, really? I think every single one I can think of.
2: <laughs> yeah, and I, I wonder whether we were discussing the other day. And I know, as as Alan was saying, that January is not Tony Bloom doesn't doesn't isn't a big fan of buying in January. But mm. maybe if we can get to January, you know, mid table or whatever, maybe it is the time to do it because we might have a striker who's more willing to join us when we're mid table rather than the start of the season. You know, which incidentally that
0: won't that, be Darwin Nunes. Darwin Nunes not, as he's escalating yeah. his 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 value uh, with Benfica, continuing in the Champions League, which itself is. Is is an off putter for trying to sign him to us, isn't it? Really, because he's getting he's getting yes, game I, time he, at I don't Champions think league. he'll
2: he'll he'll go anywhere this season if they're in the Champions League, and then he'll go to a a top six, yeah, whatever in one of the. Big they're,
0: league- they're they're all um they're all swooping vulture style above um, in the darkened skies uh, of the of the last few weeks. Um, well, Although yeah, I
2: is, think we should be disappointed, he only managed a goal and a penalty, another penalty against Barcelona. I mean, most players should be scoring four or five. they there any good against them at the moment? Yeah.
0: Or well, Barcelona, well, I'll, be, I'll be ranting about the Super League in part two. Uh, a little bit more on that coming up. But uh, any other thoughts about this game? I mean, I'm going to go for a man of the match, with Trossard close behind. But plenty of others had a shout. I mean, what, what do you guys think I, of that? i would
2: swap those two round, personally. But I think Cucurella got it in the end because, probably, because in a nil-nil, you, it's rare you give a, an attacker a man of the match, possibly. I, mm-hmm. I wouldn't give it the other way around, though. So, I mean, but I think it's like either of them deserved it. They both played really well.
1: Yeah, yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't quibble with that. And as we said, I thought I thought Moda had a very strong game, and I thought Duffy had a very strong game as well. I think those were the probably hmm. the, the standout players. But you know, as you said, there weren't any howler performances in there at all. I think everybody was good. Um, and yeah. I thought, you know, your your your, your post Allen's post, I mean, it's a good points, a lot of good points. I think the points about squad management are, are good points as well, because there's hmm. there is sort of visible opportunity for everybody. I mean, Potter said repeatedly that you know, positional flexibility is part of how he approaches things. is doesn't necessarily pigeonhole people into mm. positions. And there are players who can play in multiple positions and sometimes have to because of injuries, which is not necessarily what you choose. But um I think having that type of player gives gives much greater flexibility. And there aren't there aren't I don't think there are any weak points mm. in the squad. And I think we are a little bit susceptible to injury as we're seeing at the moment with Welbeck out up front. But
2: an argument, you, maybe know, you know, other than
1: that, that you get, more, out. Of, you know, get more, more, more goal output from the attacking midfield players. Maybe that's not the, the, the problem the problem that we thought it was,
0: but
2: yeah. yeah, we We're, we were also a little bit susceptible in Hunter and Park as well, I think, with um Wepu, obviously, having I mean, a couple of knocks and Bisuma out and Alzate now out for a while from the sound of it. I'm a little bit, yeah, I, I wonder whether Casado being loaned out, especially to who he was loaned out to, might end up being looked back on as a mistake, because it's very odd, the team he's been loaned out to are like bottom of Belgian League by a distance and sound pretty useless. So, I don't quite know why they, of all the players who were loaned out, that the club he was sent to seems to make the least sense. I gonna possibly, but yeah, yeah,
0: might, yeah. fair point.
2: Whether we having him available would have helped I me, mean, whether he, they trust him to play, pretty you know, they don't otherwise they would have kept him. But well,
0: Anna's Alan, <coughs> point about squads, um, the, the squads, yeah, I mean, it's, it's how and who, isn't it? Really, it's how. Is in terms of how do you bring them on when do you bring them through when do you put them on loan who do you put them on loan to what kind of football all that sort of stuff and then there's the who in terms of the no dickheads policy uh, getting the right recruitment that suits the, what the Dalbian's particular way of playing isn't it all of those elements um there's a lot of things to juggle and i think it's a big operation we do have a big setup in order to cope with that in terms of behind the scenes staff, but i think it's working as well as it possibly could at the moment, and long may that continue. I agree with you about Kaseido. I would have liked to have seen him maybe stay in the fold a bit longer, um, in a way, because I think he came in slightly earlier, didn't he? So I would have rather had him have a bit more time than Mwepu. I mean, wepu has got the injury anyway, but uh, there we go. Um, I,
2: I have one, one thing from- I was going to say quickly. Is that hmm.
0: The one, not criticism, criticism
2: is, is not necessarily what, what I'd say, but the one comment I'd make, and it's possibly aimed at Malpay, but maybe other attackers as well, um, is we had like, in, both against Palace and against Arsenal a couple of times where the ball from Cucurella Cruella was thrown across the six-yard box and no one's gone in and tried to no attack no one's gambling him. yeah yeah and mm-hmm. I mean it's, made, it's partly aid that Malpeh but other, other players can be in there too and I don't think Malpeh had a bad game I think in the service had was probably not great at times I think he did pretty well he worked hard but why not gamble why not go in someone go in is for this, those balls especially if oh, they but- play well
0: that's a good point. Is there an issue here with Morpay in terms of when you look at world class strikers, and um, who many of whom are playing in the in the Premier League and similar standard divisions, and then you've got a player like Morpay who's also playing in that division. Obviously, isn't world class, but fair play—I'm sure everyone would agree with that. But he's he's a good striker. Is it those those intelligences that that movement? Because he he looked like he was. Trying to time his run. There was an offside potential scenario. A couple of times he kept checking back and moving. So he was doing the sort of stuff you think a striker should be doing to then time himself to then get back in front and, and make the gamble. But it seemed like when the ball came in, the gamble wasn't gambleable. <laughs> he seemed to have a couple yeah. of players around him he still had to grapple with. I don't know if he's, if there's some way he, he needs to improve that element of his game, that way of cleverly... Ghosting away from his defenders because um, there was no one else further back.
2: Yeah, that, if, that yeah. was the issue
0: on that one, wasn't it?
2: It may be that, yeah, exactly. We need to put more people in because he took two defenders well, over then, didn't One can commit, but I mean, he did just hmm. have two tap ins across to get the two games against Palace. And as well. I think Melbourne yeah. put one in against Palace and then could put yeah. one in at the weekend. Yeah, and,
0: uh, yeah I, I don't think he almost could have
2: got to that up at the, uh, back post against uh, the weekend as well. He almost, yeah. he kind of like kind of flicked it away for a corner, but almost, I think, by his feet mixed up. There was uh, that one. I mean, it never I, I,
0: felt like he was going to be able to quite it. It didn't feel like he failed to gamble to can reach it, that that one with Kukureya in, in the game on Saturday. But it did feel as if there should have been someone else collaborating with yeah. it, to then go and capitalise on the fact that he was drawing two defenders and, and, if and then does, run in. The in the the end, get, there's,
2: a, there's a tap in there. So, hmm. I, yeah, it's just a, I mean, I'm not criticising him. I'm not having a go. In, I just hmm. wonder whether that's because his goals don't often te- often don't tend to be like that. There's not many of them. There are a few. I think Leeds away last year was a bit of a tapping at the far post, wasn't it? Mm. But a lot of them tend to be a bit more a bit more of a finish, ironically. Than yeah. That, you know, kind of easy. And- so, I mean, you, you think he gets like 10, 12 goals a season anyway, but you could get up to 16, 17 if he, get, if he gambled a bit more and went for those sorts of chances.
0: Yeah. My my final point on the game is um, just a bit on the stats 58% possession against Arsenal. We arsenalled Arsenal, didn't we? Which is, which is great. We had 21 shots on. Uh, on goal, not on target. Um, Only two on target. Arsenal had eight shots, two of which were on target. So obviously their efficiency in getting the ball on target was better, but um, 21 shots against Arsenal, 58%, pretty good going. Progressive play stats in terms of taking the ball on, progressive dribbles and runs, um, interceptions, lots of the key stats elements. I won't go into the boring details on it, but a lot of that stuff was in our favour. I watched particularly that first half, it felt like not only did we dominate the possession, absolutely dominated it, we the pass I haven't looked at the pass stats. We must have had far more passes in the game than they did completed and otherwise. Um but we the balls not only did, did seem to be in our possession most of the time, but it seemed to be in their half of the field as well, which is which is great to see. Um I I only worry that it was more samey with last season in terms of the overall <laughs> patterns. But let's see what happens. Uh, in and the I do game. still feel
2: we sometimes go back where we can go forward. There were times when mm, yeah we do sometimes look yeah. back first rather than there was you know there was one I think in midfield which was frustrating me. I think but, the most because Lana is probably the best player on the ball in the whole team and I think Veltman was out in the wing and ahead of him and he there was a bit of a gap between two Arsenal players and he he could have done it I mean he's such a good player on the ball he could easily go out there instead his first view was to go back to Dunk or Duffy or something like that and it was you know it it does get frustrating after a while. I think I understand fully that you want to keep possession sometimes but I think we should be looking forward first and then and then sideways or backwards and I know Yeah, it's not as simple as that, but we do sometimes feel like we go for the easy option going back first when, and especially when we're on a counter-attack, we kind of stop it and then let the other team get back rather than actually really have a go and go for them.
0: Yeah. Okay.
2: Welcome back to part two of Brighton Rock Podcast, where we'll be rounding up the news of the week rather than uh, having spoken about the game already um, we have lost one member of our team though we had Richard having to head off he did uh, he did apologise and uh, obviously would have had a lot of comments on our various bits of news but uh, sadly other things took him away so it wasn't no. a hamstring injury he didn't lose no. any teeth
0: on the pitch or anything like that
2: no he didn't sadly <laughs> or no. well, not sadly but he
0: didn't no. <laughs> bloody hell that's harsh <laughs> harsh from <and> marsh
2: <laughs> um, um but yeah, anyway, thing- so it's just the two
0: of us, sadly, this time. Yeah, that's that's very sad. For for our listeners, it's particularly tragic. Um, if they're already indeed out there, hello to you, whoever you may be. Um, one thing I forgot to mention for the game, actually, when we we're talking part one, Dunk, a couple of landmarks. He's 350th appearance for the Albion. It was also apparently his 150th Premier League appearance. I knew he was around the 150 mark from my overall mathematical calculations. Um, he must be top now, must
2: me. Um, it was, he must be. He must be. I mean, Ryan and Stevens were both quite hot, there and proper, but they've all dropped off, obviously, recently, and so it's only really Grosh mm. who's been in the team regularly since the first season, and he had quite a, quite a long spell out second season. So yeah. I am yeah, pretty sure done Dunk's quite top well there yeah. at the
0: time. Yeah, yeah. Palace's favourite player. So congratulations to to him on both of those landmark achievements. It's I'm sure they'll be early.
2: sending a uh, you know a gift basket to congratulate him.
0: <laughs> a hamper. Yeah his performances, maybe. He might be poisoned. Got Lasagna on. or something. Um yeah, so no, it's brilliant. It's a fantastic achievement for him. He's been with us for over ten years now. Um in terms of I remember before. his debut. Mm, in, which was on again. the way.
2: in sort of like half season in charge.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Did well, did the superb. Um so congratulations to Lewis. And you are not a C word, which is what the Palace fans seem to think you are. Um no it's it's great. Superb to hear that. Um, other Albion news as well, just, just quickly. Um, we had the 23s again in action on the Friday. I'm trying to remember what the result was now.
2: They lost to Arsenal. Uh, 3-0, wasn't it, or something?
0: Uh, that was it, yeah. yeah. Unfortunately, yeah, came up against a good side there by the sounds of it. Um, the the ladies, unfortunately, lost again at the weekend as well, although it was a very tough fixture. It was a case of revenge. and We're the only team to beat them last season, we broke their 100. Uh, sorry, their 33 match unbeaten run last year when we beat them one nil um, at their away grounds. Oh, the away grounds for, from our point of view. Um, but they came up with a three-one win this time. Two nil up. Daniel Carter did did pull one back, but uh, yeah, it ended up three-one. So, yeah, considering we were two beat- down, they
2: were on well on top. Apparently, because, um, we mm. did pretty well. I think to hold out for three-one and to be yeah. in the game until quite late. You know, they got they had to get third like last fifteen minutes. So.
0: Yeah, they're a very good team, aren't they, when all's said and done? Yeah.
2: yeah Any other 18, round? Being... Under 18s lost, I think, 5 3 to Villa. It was obviously quite an interesting game.
0: All right. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. So we didn't
2: have such a good weekend this weekend, but you can't win yeah.
0: everything. Yeah, you can't win them all, indeed. Yeah. Um, yeah they lost five, so. Three to
2: Villa on uh, Thursday. And in, in the game, they were four down after 27 minutes and got three goals in the final fifteen minutes or so. so but Villa also got one in that time to make it to make it five two and then we got a ninety fourth minute goal to make it five
0: three. Okay. Yeah. Um keeping with the Albion theme then just sort of slowly segueing away from uh, from that subject. Um in terms of Albion players on loan, um you pointed out a couple of things to make us or fair uh, so that he
2: got his first goal for Ellsberg away to British Dortmund. Apparently it was a, a tap in, but still good to see him get a goal and to... Be involved in that sort of thing. And they lost 2-1, I think, at Dortmund, which isn't in a bad result. Dortmund, obviously, a hmm. very good team. And um, yeah. Harry Mitoma, who is obviously on loan at Union Sangawa, um, they won 3-0 at Circle Bruge And one of the goals was a result of a fantastic assist from, from Mitoma, who ran from the halfway line, basically, it beat about three or four players, and then sauced sl- it across to um, his teammate, who put it in from five, six yards out or something like that. So... M- our
0: Japanese winger, yeah. So,
2: I mean, I, it really encouraging. I know there's points made I've seen about Percy Tower but I'm not sure Percy Tower was ever that brilliant in the Belgian league. He, he was okay, but he wasn't incredibly a decent. Season a half season for Anderlecht, but other than that, I don't think he did amazingly. The other one who obviously did do quite well at um in Belgium, um, and then hit the ground running eventually with us, and then obviously for non footballing reasons lost his way was um is Giedo, who obviously had a really good season in two in Belgium. Um, looked really good and then we obviously signed him on that basis and obviously mm. based on his first season if it wasn't for his injuries he probably would have gone on to be a, a really good yeah. sign in the second half of the first season with us so
0: I, I mean looking good in Belgium isn't necessarily a crime either is it <laughs> it's not as no. it's, it's well, a, it's a guarantee is of itself.
2: Itself. <laughs> our record in Belgium actually isn't that bad because Ryan obviously was on loan there and turned into a very good signing um, mm. you know we've had one or two and Tao I mean for, in, all, in all in the end we didn't exactly lose money in we? so mm.
0: yeah exactly exactly um, a couple of other bits, album related. I mean, it's sort of album related. We've got to stop mentioning them, really, because it's going to get irritating. Your scored another two goals as Kov thrash Fulham four-one on. I think it was on the Friday night, wasn't it? No, Saturday um, lunchtime. Yeah, I oh, was it Saturday lunchtime. Yeah. They're absolutely flying, aren't they, at the moment? Yeah, they <laughs> were well, one down at half play time, team.
2: and then um, I mean, and then four-one up after seventy minutes. I think or something, and and they even oh. score Fulham's goal for them. So
0: I, I, think I do Mark think
2: a lot, we've discussed your quite a lot on the Single Island the WhatsApp group. And I do think we need to, you know, I, I think it's, it's interesting to follow up on people like that. And I do think they'll probably, hopefully I haven't got a sell-on clause, so it is interesting in that sense. But I do also think that we'll end up, you know, kind of kicking ourselves constantly if we keep doing this. I mean, we, you know, we we will have players we'll let go who'll do well elsewhere. The more players we have, the more players that will do that. And then we'll make a name for themselves elsewhere. It A doesn't mean they'd have done it with us and B doesn't mean they would have made it in the
0: Premier League or you yeah, may not have on- it in the Premier League. It's unquantifiable, isn't it, yeah, really? Exactly. And, and even if they did do it with us, that might mean someone else that we wouldn't, would therefore yeah. sign. We might, miss, yeah, we might miss out on a, a superb player of the future who exactly. wouldn't come exactly. because we kept that guy. So I yeah. think
2: the, And I think the more players like Gruff Jocker we bring through and end up doing well at someone like Coventry and move on, the more Shut and then do well elsewhere, the more players might want to come to us as well because they might look at it and say, well, I could make it at Brighton and move up, but even if I don't, there's a good chance I'll make it somewhere else and you mm-hmm. know, they kind of, have a good chance there and they won't stand in my way. So I think, you know, obviously on the face of it, Coventry got a very good deal. But for that was at the time, that was a player who scored one goal in 20-odd play- uh, championship games last season. It was a you know, it was, was punch mm-hmm. that at £1 million has suggested it's been, you know. And I, yeah. I where I would criticise the club is if they haven't included a sell-on in there. If they have included a yeah. sell-on in that clause, then I think we've done everything we can. It didn't look really like he was going to make it with us and he was 22, 23 or something like that. So it wasn't like he was
0: 18 or something yeah exactly no that that's exactly right it's a fair point i mean some of some of the other results interesting i mean uh, just looking through in general nothing Albion related particularly but pompey had been struggling in lower mid table sorry upper mid table um really expected to have stepped on under the um under the Cowley brothers and then um, they haven't really been doing that great Sunderland have been doing better than they had in recent seasons so what goes and happens Portsmouth Thrash and 4-0 at the Frassham Park yeah. so that was a bit bizarre I noticed um, that um
2: there was a, uh, I read an article that Sunderland tried to get it called off at half time when they were three nil down <laughs>
0: <laughs> did they really yeah
2: oh, apparently they've got like 2,000 Sunderland fans there that must have been a hell of a journey in the weather on Saturday as well I mean we, we know what the weather was like on the south coast on Saturday and uh
0: Speaking of which, you wanted to give special mention to Dover, didn't you? Yeah, I feel that,
2: you know, sometimes you have to mention certain sets of fans. Um, Dover, who I think got minus nine points currently, because they had 12 points deducted for not completing last season. Um, then I don't know how many fans they took to Grimsby, but <laughs> whoever went there, fair play to them, because they were five down at half-time and ended up losing 6-0. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, fair play to those guys, whoever went up there. You've got to give credit. And I think the other interesting result, of course, at the weekend, although it doesn't sound it on paper, was um, our old friends Leeds beating Watford, which obviously led to the annual Watford sacking. Um, yes, that's which,
0: right. has gone has gone. Seventeen
2: um, managers in ten years, I think it is now. Some ridiculous stuff like that. Yeah,
0: I mean, we were talking about Forest the other day, weren't we? And, and them and Watford really are in a league of their own when it comes to sacking managers. We'll yeah, come I mean, on to Pops who's taking a lot better with... out of it, though. It's kind of yeah, well, yeah. I mean, they've got away with it, haven't they? It's interesting that they've largely by and large they've got away with it they've not done any worse than a lot of other people would have done by sticking with managers which is kind of annoying in a way because i don't want it to work and i really wish them wish them ill now because um you know, there's other, other people that are trying to run the club On paper, vector, it, it
2: seems, I mean, they've got seven points from seven games. Yes, They've had them, apparently, I mean, they were pretty awful against us. Apparently, they were dreadful against Leeds and are, a bit lucky to get a point against Newcastle. But they've still got a point a game, which is enough to stay up. And uh, yeah. it's like a manager yeah. after seven
0: games. It's, when, yeah, it's not. that's not a sackable offence for most uh-oh. clubs at this stage, is it, really? But there we go. We'll come on to Randy his replacement. Eri now. Oh, yeah, I was going to it's say... It's been um, announced yeah. apparently,
2: or this afternoon been announced. So. Yeah, it's
0: been confirmed today, as we record this Monday, um, Claudio Ranieri is the new manager. Another Italian link, of course, Italian owners as well there. You look at um, what he did at
2: Fulham last time, and you wonder if... I mean, um, I, I I, thought, I know it was a bad appointment at Leicester, so what do I know? But um, <laughs> but, well, but, it, but, Fulham, he was dreadful, and he really didn't, you know, he didn't seem to, you know, they had a terrible run under him and then ended up sacking him, I think, pretty reasonably quickly as well, so... I mean, I, I yeah, I'm not convinced. I think he's living off one season at Leicester, which is pretty much all he's done in the last, like, five, ten years. And obviously it was, a you know, a, a crazy season. They did amazingly well. But, hmm. yeah, it's one season and it's not necessarily relevant to what the situation that Watford are in as well.
0: Yeah. And, and Ranieri, yeah, he is really is a mixed bag, isn't he? I think, you have to say. And we'll see what happens. But, um, yeah, it's, it's a yeah, risky strategy.
2: Unfair on, on Cisco, Cisco the, 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 yeah. to lose his job.
0: Yeah, um, I mean, obviously. when he's, he's the guy that got them up as well, you know, you should give him a bit of time, I'm going to say. Um, I, I don't think they're any better off on paper. That's the thing. So why yeah. not stick with him yeah, at this stage as well? Look at Nye, nice. I mean, they've the got transfer win,
2: seven games and they're sticking with Daniel Farker from the Sound of the Yeah. And they, yeah. And they I mean, will do, I think, even if they, unless they're like really miles adrift, they'll probably stick with him as well. Because he's mm. taken them up twice. So why would you sack him if you're going to yeah. go down anyway? <laughs>
0: you still get the fun of going up and down and all yeah. the all the roller coaster stuff you might as well have that rather than bland mundanity in in you know, in, the, in the middle of the championship having tried to overdo it and then end up back yeah. to Spur one again yeah well on on the dover fan thing by the way at least they had a chance for some nice warm fish and chips at Skeggy, i suppose to cheer them up after that game um couple of other bits your boys your new local boys that is to say charlton good win they've finally got they've got another win yeah. there frankins 2-1 away at fleetwood wasn't it
2: Fleetwood,
0: yeah. Who yeah. are
2: having a
0: bad season um, themselves. They're like right down with Charleston and... Yeah. And so. Well, my mate, who's a Darlington fan, uh, his team won 3-0 in the Northern in the National League North against Telford, their first win of the season. So, they're on the way up. They could be back. You never know, Peter. Um,
2: and, but, and obviously, <laughs> the, the FA Cup in, um, in uh, this weekend as well. The FA Cup third round qualifying. Yeah. Yeah, Something hastings the, uh, are
0: through. Um, I think there was two Sussex teams playing each other. Yeah, Horsham grew with Eastbourne in the end. too all yeah. and Whitehall, unfortunately, lost, so they're out. But, yeah. um, Pontefract
2: Colliery is beat. Handsworth six 0 apparently.
0: These are the um, kind of results I love. Some of the team names when you get in the qualifying rounds of the FA Cup, yeah. it's one of my favourite things to just read through. And you've got you've got Howes West Street, you know, Douglas or something. And you're, what the hell's that? But
2: <laughs> won six. this the city of Liverpool as well, which was obviously a big result. Um, mm. And was an away win, too, wasn't it? big game in the, uh, in the fourth round qualifying draw, which has taken place this afternoon, is Barnet against Boreham Wood, the local derby. Ooh, that really is a local
0: derby. That's local, local. Yeah. And I think there's a bit of edge there as well. I, I could yeah, see there that there is becoming the new. That's going to become the new rivalry, I think, because Barnet and Enfield, well, which Barnet, is Barnet have also got a bit of as
2: well. My, my mate who, who follows Wheelstone as well as a, a Premier League team but you've met. Is man, he the Wheelstone Raider, yeah, um, mate? <laughs> no, he's not. It's Lawrence who you've met actually. He's uh, but he says the Wheelstone feel that Barnet took the ground when actually Wilson had agreed the hive is where Wilson apparently had been looking at building or something like that. Or there's some oh, yeah, right, okay. I've heard some suggestions. So, Wilson, don't like Barnet much either. So,
0: so there's a three way celebrity death match going on here between yeah. Barnet,
2: Wilson, and Forum Wood. I'm not sure Wilson and I- Forum Wood have any sort of issue with each other, <laughs> as far as I know. But, no,
0: but it's just very local, isn't it? They are yeah. essentially a complete border border to border um, areas what um, are arguably
2: nearer to Barnet than Barnet are these days <laughs> it's kind
0: of, yeah, You consider yeah.
2: that they're, they're not much north of Actually, Barnet out They prob- whereas, probably
0: uh, are, whereas I think are they? Where, so. Geographically they are That's ridiculous. Borenwood, in case anyone doesn't know, is where Elstree Studios is famous yeah. for loads and loads of films through the years, including Star Wars stuff, um Shining, Clockwork like Orange, loads of, loads of stuff was filmed there. And also football in Alex. Playing the football uh,
2: playing in the National League. Indeed, indeed. yeah.
0: have in the
2: playoff to get up there, in fact.
0: I was at the game. I was I was in the Whitehawk end for that. Yeah, yeah, that's right. It's, uh, it was the final. They had home advantage because they finished higher, didn't they? Yeah. Or something like that. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, so lots going on there. And we'll keep you updated as we go through the season on interesting little quirky bits and yeah. pieces. Which as does does mean, course,
2: this all means that we're quite near to the first round of the FA Cup, which is always fun as well.
0: Mm. Yeah, I do, I do love the cup I did I'm go hoping Cheltenham have a good
2: run this year and We get Cheltenham away in the third round So I can uh, literally walk to the game
0: <laughs> Well, I saw, I saw um, bishop Saltford Versus um, Bowers and Pitsy Ticking off a new ground so 141 grounds now um, That was a couple of weeks ago uh, Yeah, the, the away team won It's an Bal- Bal- is
2: a great name for a place or a team
0: It's brilliant, isn't it? It is a merge of two teams As well, as you would probably guess from the name um, but I think they've subsequently lost to another another Ismian team. Speaking of non-league, by the way, Worthing, our old friends, Worthing, they had one game postponed in midweek due to the petrol crisis, of course, a load of imbeciles panic buying fuel um, has led to essentially a load of individual players who might travel to games directly rather than through a coach not being able to get to games. And that caused major Postponements mainly in the Ismian League. So this clearly is more of an issue in the South East, that would suggest, isn't it? Anyway... It is now, um, apparently,
2: yeah, it's definitely become yeah. a, a Southern issue, yeah. I think, now, rather than... A, so so a load of... In other parts of the country.
0: A load of, a load of games postponed. Um, Worthing didn't play at the weekend either, but I think that was because of an the opponent's involvement in the FA Cup rather than the, the petrol issue. It may have well, been well, both. there's
2: one team that you can pretty much guarantee won't be in, have an issue with it, um, being game being, being called off. Probably Bristol mm-hmm. Rovers.
0: Yes, they're full of gas, aren't they? Gas heads. <laughs> very good, very good. I like it. Um, well, Thank you. I thought of it just just now. <laughs> I with that. Oh, Well, you know, all right. There's no need to make a big thing about it. Uh, no, um, yeah, I love the FA Cup. I'm really looking forward yeah. to these early rounds. BT Sport does really good coverage actually on those uh, first and second round days, where you know there's no glamorous clubs in there yet. And all you've got is you've got a, a team from something like the Ismian League or the National North or somewhere playing a team from the league. And it might be, you might have a Sunderland or a Portsmouth. It might be a, you know, it might just be a Hartlepool that have only just recently gone up or whatever. But I always find those games really intriguing. And I like the, I like it when you go to a to the home ground of these teams that quite often you've never even heard yeah. of. And just seeing their local little clubhouse. Well, all the, all these the teams the fans.
2: are potentially around the way from playing Portsmouth or Sunderland or or... Lower, even doing addition down, Bradford, like Sheffield Wednesday, you know, yeah, a, yeah, a huge yeah. game game for a team in you know the the seventh or eighth tier. You know, it's like I mean even the sixth or fifth tier, it's a pretty big game. But if you're in the seventh tier and you get Sheffield Wednesday away in the cup or you get Sunderland away in the cup, that's a you know, that's a you know, brilliant day out. So I'm yeah, I i do love the first round. I do I really hope if we get mid-table-ish this year and we're looking okay in January, that we take the FA Cup seriously. You know, if we get mm. a Premier League side, we kind of, we put out a reasonable side. We don't play, but assume they'll have reserves as well. Because I, I does like, I mean, a League Cup, I can understand Moss's league is extra game midweek. But if we're doing okay yeah. in the Cup, you know, with FA Cup, I really hope we give it a, a real go this year. Because we haven't done the last, mm. I mean, I know we got to the fifth round last year, but we kind of just, we still played a pretty backup up team most of it, didn't we?
0: You've already given up on the League Cup, Peter.
2: <laughs> no I'm not saying um, we'd what, be out there. I mean, no, I'd mean, love us to put a, I'm assuming it will play a reserve team against Leicester whether of course Leicester's reserve team is as strong as it has been it's debatable but
0: yeah well all, all I'm asking for is a cup double and a top 10 finish I mean that's all I want really from this season you know gradual I'm improvement for much. <laughs> Um for yes indeed um so At the Sussex yeah, I
2: mean, Senior Cup and the uh, Papa John Trophy.
0: <laughs> no. <laughs> no, 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 no. Um, speaking of the FA Cup, we are going to get on a guest um, with a representation to do with the uh, the lower teams and the history of the FA Cup. That's going to be quite interesting. He's agreed to come on two or three weeks ago. He, he agreed to come on, and uh, we're planning it around probably when this this round is upcoming. Actually, this fourth qualifying round, isn't it? I think it's called. Yeah. Um, either that or the first round or maybe both. Uh, he's written a book on the, on the subject. Um, interesting, by the sounds of it, an interesting guy. We're going to get him on. We've got a few special guests lined up for probably for next week when there's no football matches to review from uh, from the weekend. Um, maybe one or two things happening there. So stay tuned for that, guys. One thing I'd also recommend that you listen to in the meantime is the Business of Sport um, episode of the Athletics podcast. Um, The Athletic do their own podcast. You can search it. It's with Mark Chapman and David Ornstein regularly presenting. They get a load of athletics, um, kind of regular writers in. And it's really insightful, really interesting podcast in general. I recommend it in general. Uh, But Thursday's episode, that's Thursday of last week as we speak. So 30th of September, I think it was. um, There's an episode called Business of Sport. Was the Super League legal? And it's a really fascinating list. And it's about 45, 50 minutes. Get on it and have a listen because that 's our final subject to talk about tonight. This apparently isn 't going away. Peter. The three teams that have dug their heels in Real Madrid, Barcelona, and Juventus have never accepted any any um, kind of you know wrongdoing they haven't um
2: well why would they they're doing it for the benefit of football you know exactly
0: that exactly yeah they're they're heroes they're they're the the heroes aren't they really the unsung heroes Mm. um and i mean that there's not been no fines or well goodwill gestures as they've been called essentially this story's moved on Uh, apparently what's happened is Um, An injunction was brought out before the information was initially released about what they were planning to do because they anticipated a reaction, of course, from UEFA and FIFA and various other bodies. Um, This is a court in Madrid. It's to do with EU trading rules and whether, whether it's freedom of trade and everything else for them to be able to set up a separate competition. The interesting factor of this is UEFA are acting, of course, as a regulatory body. It's a, it's a regulatory monopoly as the words I think they used on the podcast to describe it, which means that they obviously have autonomy to make up the rules and, and to, to make them according to reasonable decision-making based on you know the, the good of the game in general. And that essentially is what they do. Well, you could argue certain cases to do with racism and other matters they're not very good on, but essentially that's what they're there to do and that's what they generally do. The problem is, of course, that one of their main sources of income UEFA is the Champions League. It's a lucrative competition, second only to the Premier League in terms of scale of success probably. Maybe even it's above that, I don't know. So that is their primary um, economic tool. And of course, so when it comes to clubs setting up a rival tournament, which is to all intents and purposes, are designed to take away all of the glamour from the Champions League and present it into a new format. Um, Where they are the autonomous characters in in this in this play, essentially you've got the issue of um, um, if you wait for us as the regulatory body, body, but also as a direct competitor, and this is causing a fascinating legal debate that's going on at the moment. Lots of detail in that podcast that I mentioned. I would I would recommend you listen to it. Essentially, though, they've dug their heels in. They've anticipated this was going to go on for some time. What they've actually done is they've prevented those goodwill uh, payments, i.e. fines to all, all intents and purposes, from going ahead. That's all been torn up and they've gone back to square one now because they've had to. Because if they didn't, they were potentially subject to legal proceedings from these three parties who I have nothing, nothing but contempt for. I cannot stand any of them. I'm particularly enjoying the fact Barcelona got beaten at the weekend and Real Madrid lost as well. Oh, I was going to
2: bring this up because there was this, a thing BBC, BBC Sport had an article saying it's the first time ever that Real, Barca, Ajax, Bayern and PSG have all lost on the same weekend. Oh, bloody hell. That's Bayern a, lost, that's that Bayern lost at home to Eintracht Frankfurt. Barca lost at, yeah, got stuffed by Atletico. Uh, Real got beaten by someone or other. Uh, Espanol espanol away, espanol um, and i think i lost, um,
0: lost at home to a minnow Utrecht. type of team well they? Or, you checked our oh, apparently second now
2: doing quite well now and oh PSP okay lost at okay. ren who are doing who
0: were hmm. generally doing pretty good recently that, yeah, that's Adren. a great start. yeah brilliant but no i mean this is obviously this is you know a small victory to say oh those two lost at the weekend obviously that means nothing in the grand scheme of things but this this isn't going away and i think ultimately what it is it's a long game in order for those clubs and, the, and their cohorts and are now sitting in the shadows, all the big six here and so on, um, for them to get what they want, whether it yeah. means an actual different competition or not, is neither here nor there. In the end, it will probably end up with a completely revamped version of the Champions League, which is already monopoly anyway.
2: Probably, if, yeah, yeah. If anything, and
0: they've they've if... already had
2: beneficial changes, haven't they?
0: like the guarantee
2: position for the top team not through yeah. not yeah. and that sort of thing yeah I mean yeah. I, I, it's funny because we've just gone from my favourite part talk about football to my least favourite part you know and it, I, I absolutely love the FA Cup at this stage you know the teams who you never you say you never heard of doing so well and you know kind of goals being scored by someone who's a a butcher in his spare time, and that's proper football. That is what I regard as proper football. And this rail butcher
0: yeah, in his spare time that sounds I'm like sorry, a serious. Sorry, he
2: plays football as a part time thing, and he's a butcher as a full time <laughs> job. Sorry, is that what I meant? You, you always know, beat me up like a, a
0: nitpicker. I had to do it as well. Sorry, a post, I he's a postman or a butcher or something, you
2: know. <laughs> that's that's proper football. That's what I like. I mean, I mean, I even bit. I know you've like, right, been in the Premier League in some stages, but it's so corporate and so you know. I mean, mm. and as much as I, I support the club what they do generally, I do think some decisions the club comes to are pretty corporate as well, you know. And it's it does mm. make you uneasy sometimes that you lose touch with the teams, you know, in a way, compared to where we were when we were in League Two or League One, as much as, honestly, mm. I'm loving the Premier League in a lot of ways. But this is just the worst of all football, isn't it, really? It's like, you know, teams like Real Madrid, you think they've got some sort of, you know, because of their name, they can try and force, you know, through positions that make benefit us and that's that benefit them and no one else and trying to pretend that it's a benefit of football. It's complete bollocks and it pisses me off and yeah in a way I would say piss off and go and have to form their Super League and let the rest of us take part but I know that UEFA won't let them do that because of for yeah, the reasons I mean, you've highlighted
0: I despise I despise these people that run it Florentino Perez in particular Juan yeah. Laporta you guys are a disgrace to the game Laporta apparently Barcelona have got Klopp as their fifth choice for the managerial role for kuman's dead man walking role uh, at the moment how are, how are they going to pay for that? They've got, well, the rumor I've heard
2: is they're interested in Martínez and they, they're willing to talk about paying yeah. £15 million pounds for a manager who failed at Everton. I mean, they can't afford why it.
0: Yeah, they the irony is apparently
2: it. that Kuban's already been told he's gone from what I've heard. Yeah, rumor oh nice, heard. yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. it's like and he's it, already been told he's gone. He's just holding the fort until they can afford to bring someone else in.
0: Yeah, he's he's got this kind of very uneasy alliance with Laporta saying that he'll carry on for now while you finally find your man. I mean, they, uh, but the mismanagement is going go quite from, fractious now, though, because yeah. there's all sorts of talk going on behind the scenes. The
2: mismanagement to go from Suarez, Messi, and Neymar to De Jong, Depay, and um, what's his name, Breathweight, you're front yeah. three. I mean, that's to be insane, fair, isn't it? At least with Barcelona, it's hilarious what's happening there. I mean, you know, Real Madrid are up the top of the league, which is annoying, and so Juventus probably all yeah, 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 I mean, you, yeah. Know, you haven't started that one well, actually. They're only mid-table, I think. But, yeah, it's it's very entertaining to see Barcelona fall apart. So I used to quite like them, but, you know, kind of... In I did, but
0: of, I've got nothing but contempt for them now. I'm I, sorry. I, I
2: would, well, I think more I wanted them to win because it was them or Real, and I wanted them to win over Real was more... Yeah, Real. oh, same. Same And I quite me. like yeah. the whole Catalan thing, the local kind of bit, again, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, fighting, yeah. you know, especially seeing as a Real Madrid are basically owned by the government in effect so hmm. getting government yeah. you know get support from
0: this is the thing they've had bailout after, bailout after bailout after bailout from the government the Spanish people most of them do not support Real Madrid a vast majority minority do but the, the majority don't uh, they, they've had to pay effectively through taxes for, for this club to be bailed out over and over again and to have cloth the and you know big money yeah, signings yeah,
2: and- exactly
0: they, the way they run it is so it's anti-football in a sense and um, it, it's it's, it's computer game football, the way they, yeah. they behave. And the clock being the number five choice, yeah, the number five choice, because it's not realistic. Apparently, they have to pay, Kuman's contract is worth £12 million as it stands. So either they carry on with him for, for the duration or they buy him out of that deal. That's going to cost £12 million. That is pretty much on the border of what they, it's over what they can afford already. Then they would have to buy out another manager if he's currently employed in another job. How are they going to do that? This, these are very, very, very um, shoddy times, I would say, for those if clubs.
2: They're listening, Barcelona. I will take the job and I'll even only take six million if I need to leave rather than the 12 yeah. million that Kuman gets taken. Yeah.
0: yeah. I mean, look what happens if any other club oversteps the mark so consistently for so long. Look at what's happened with Derby County. There's yeah. a very good chance they're going down because they've pushed and pushed beyond their means or beyond their FFP. Um, allowance to try and get promoted year on year on year, they've then done all sorts of shenanigans, they've a not published accounts on t- time, and it's still taking time, but they're going to end up going down these guys, somehow you can't help thinking they're going to get away with it somehow Rather,
2: they will, but on the other hand, Real Madrid's wage bill apparently, is like, they're allowed to astronomically higher than Barcelona so it does feel like... yeah, 638
0: million I Barcelona's 390 a, or, or something like that something like like
2: as well, I'm not I'm not supporting Barcelona particularly in particular situation, but more saying mm. they seem to be giving Real Madrid a lot more latitude and a lot more kind of support. Funnily enough, being as they're like mm. you know the government <laughs> to them. I mean, the whole thing's just ridiculous, isn't it? It's like yeah. kind of yeah, I, I, it's just obscene. I'm so glad that although there are pretty big terrible teams over here, none of them are, are, are quite are connected to the government anyway or like that, and none of them are kind of mm. you know. I mean, obviously Manu were probably the ones who pushed the Premier League and got it through mainly, but mm. at least you know there's kind of it is a slightly more even playing field over here. You know, you look at over there. The reason that Suarez, um, Messi, and uh, Ronaldo got so many goals is because there is so much, so much of a gulf between Barcelona and Real Madrid over the years, compared to where the top teams over here. I mean, there is a gulf, but it's not the same as over there.
0: Yeah, indeed. And and while we're talking about the domestic side of things with Derby, worth mentioning as well, Reading, and another one of the teams that um have overspent. Their wage bill apparently is ludicrous. They have insanely overstretched themselves. So stay tuned for that one because I think they've got FFP and other related issues coming they've, their they've way as well.
2: Really interesting players on loan. Well. they like Drinkwater and um, mm. uh, the other Chelsea guy, Baba Raman, who has uh, yeah. forgotten at Chelsea. And, and one or two yeah. others as well from the memory. There's like some pretty well-known players on loan at Reading. And mm. we wonder how they've afforded them if they've, got, if they've overstretched themselves so much. Have they literally been given it for them for free or something? Or I don't know.
0: Yeah, I, I, I'm not sure whether they've still been committing themselves to deals they couldn't afford maybe or until maybe this point. I'm not sure. Yeah. I'm not sure when the cut-off point was when they had to start. So they've got this Scott oil. Dan as
2: well, who was obviously at Palace, so probably isn't that cheap. I mean, we all know Palace don't exactly are, you mm. know, kind of not, not offer low wages. So they've yeah. got some very, very, you know, kind of... Yeah, you know, experienced players, and they've um, so, I mean, you, I can't believe that Chelsea have loaned out Drinkwater for free and loaned out um, Babararaman for free, and
0: and Scott. Severely So he's
2: presumably getting paid something.
0: Yeah, you would have thought so. Yeah, they're not going to do it for free, are they? They're not a charity. But there we go. So yeah so so some some serious worries behind the scenes. Um, i would recommend make appreciate broadcast.
2: what what Tony Bloom has done for the club.
0: Hmm. And we've we played more. the long game, and he's, it's it's been. It, I've, you've got to admire him and all those around him who've followed this policy. It's an agonising thing to endure, to do the right thing and watch the likes of Derby overspending, and they get into a playoff final, you don't. And, you think, uh, and then the next year, somebody else spends some money, QPR or somebody like that. It's really agonising, and it shows how much endurance, tolerance and perseverance he's got as a businessman, as, as a fan as well, to just sit there and think, no, this is going to take much longer, but this is the way forward, and to finally yeah. see it reap rewards. That's why I'm so happy Brentford are in but there. It I know back to two
2: thousand and three and five when we were in the Championship as well. You know, if it or whatever it was mm. called, it Championship then whatever. Um, and you know, we were we were living within our means that we've deemed, And then Derby would turn up, having been in administration at one point, and we Ravenelli on the bench and that sort of thing. as so you think this isn't isn't a level playing field at all? It's
0: exactly yeah 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 there we go but no interesting stuff yeah the athletic football podcast is the name of that podcast by the way i've been enjoying um some of these um these mexican beers tonight by the way cruz blanca i've had a craft mexican cerveza or two um beer 52 recognizing peter must have had one of these not too bad i'll link you on untapped to let you know all about it i'm getting addicted to that by the way
2: um no it is quite addictive isn't it it's even yeah, worse when yeah. when there's two of you on it and you're competing against each other <laughs> you're both at similar levels that's even worse because it's uh i've
0: just got visions of you and your wife uh, wife to be just crawling around establishments go hard ah, get one more than you and pushing her head as you like clamber ahead to get to the bar first <laughs> Maybe something like of
2: My life is like, yeah, <laughs> one, one big fight to get to the bar first is basically what my
0: uh... yeah. Speaking of which, yeah, so it's a miracle I actually remember the game from uh, the weekend, as you probably noticed from uh, <laughs> from when you ran into me by chance in the uh, Caxton Arms. Oh, I knew there was something I'd forgotten to mention. I'm glad we—I I suddenly mentioned that. um Why'd you let it bounce? Did you have a pint of? Why'd you let? I it did have a couple people? of
2: pints of. Why did it bounce? It was. um <laughs> Luckily, I didn't let it bounce, so...
0: Uh... <laughs> yeah, because I don't think it would have bounced, really. No, I think it gloss, was smashed. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, in case you're, uh, you haven't guessed, yeah, Brett, the um, landlord of Caxton, Brighton fan, who we saw. Hello to you, Brett, if you're listening. It was great to see him on Saturday. Um, yeah, he'd sorted out a pint of why did you let it bounce? Uh, sorry, a, a beer. Uh, why did you let it bounce available to buy which we did and i would had quite a bit already to drink i did get into a little bit of a mess got home quite late um we were talking double figures <laughs> on the old pint front um but it was great we were in buy some beer earlier in the day which was great as well really good we had buy alan with us buy some
2: beer
0: buy some beer buy some beer and buy some beer yeah um we had alan with us the aforementioned another it's on saturday <laughs> yeah. We had Courtney, we had um, Charlie, his brother, and we had Duncan. So hello to all you lot you are listening. It was great company. It was good to be back with Brian and to, to have an afternoon to sit down with good friends, having good beer, good food, um, to get utterly, utterly drenched on the way to the bus stop and ending up getting a cab and having a good old chat with a the guy there, getting dropped off at uni and then walking in the rain again for five or ten minutes. So we got utterly soaked, but it was worth it. <laughs> so on on that count um peter i think that that covers it all any more news items you wanted to know i think that rounds it off then so i think we will too so here we go as usual stand or fall up the albion
2: sports social podcast network